0: What's, what's, up?
1: Up? What's, up? what's up? What's up? What's up? What's what's up? up? Welcome in, it is episode number one of Jobbing Out, <clears throat> which is because Jobbing Out now includes one champion of the professional hey. wrestling world. Very similar, very, very similar Saturdays, by the way, that AJ and I had. Uh, he was hoisting a belt while I was passed out in an emergency room. Very, very similar Saturdays that we experienced. It is jobbing out. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. Brandon's out this week. No worries, he's not dead. <laughs> he's he's still yet. with us. Well, no, no, not yet. Right, right, right. No, he'll be back. He'll be back. We're all gonna die. Well, that's true. That is a good point. Uh, of course, also joining us is the champ.
0: I'm glad you said that correctly. Now say it again.
1: Also joining us, he's not only the champ, but he's also
0: the main event. Band, band, band,
2: band, band, Hmm.
1: This effing dude wins one goddamn championship and all of a sudden... <laughs> at, at, at least
2: Christ. he's clarifying he's both. Because as we've seen in WWE, the champ does not always become the main that event. That is a good point. Not I would like always- to point
0: out that I won the belt in the main event and I will be in the next... I will be in every main event
1: from here on out. All right. Yeah, he's AJ Francis. Let's get to it because we'll talk about other things. By the way, Aaron, are we uh, going to be joined by uh, uh, later on in the show? Or are we going to have a certain guest? Yes, I believe we are. are very good. Lillian Garcia is scheduled to join us a little bit later on in the program. <laughs> you
0: cocksuckers always get the best guests when I can't be in it. Well, you can't. That's dude. not a coincidence.
1: I mean, dude, you're the one who's got to go win championships and become a professional wrestler. That's not our fault.
0: It is your
1: fault. But how? How do you? All right. Anyway, let's get. Look, back to when, that. when
2: we say you're there, they can't come on. When they say you, when you say it's, you're not there, all of the a sudden they want to come on. Really we can't
1: help that. No, that's not true. All right. Um, so before we get to her, and we look, I'm very much looking forward to chatting with Lillian Garcia. Let me make that very clear. Make her sing. Um, yeah. So uh, AJ is the new Sausage Castle wrestling champion, or yep. should I say, Sugar Bear? The
2: star, Junker this is it just Sausage Castle champ or Sausage Castle Wrestling Champion, or is there a
0: name for it? It's the Sausage Castle Wrestling Champion, okay. Um, I, 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 I've i come up with a few nicknames, as in uh, the King of the Castle, El Rey, uh, but the King of the Jungle, King of the, the
1: Castle, Silverback. King of the Castle, King of the Castle, yeah. I like it, I like it. Look, um, here's the deal. I, we ha- I actually have questions about this. Uh, I'm not, I, I really hate the idea of kissing your ass, but this is fascinating, I think, for a lot of people that have never really been involved with the booking process or how this whole thing comes to, uh, uh, to, to happen. So I'm going to ask you to pull back the curtain a little bit, if you can, and tell us a little bit about how this all came about. You've been involved with Sausage Castle for a little while now. When did you know that you were going to become champion?
0: Uh, I've I've known that I was going to be the champion Since I won the number one contendership In October Um Trailer Park Chuck Is just peeling the curtain back He is old as fuck Um, (laughs) And uh He didn't want to He was only the champion because the guy That was the champion before him A-bomb the 450 pound man Uh wasn't going to be able to Come to the shows as often anymore And he hasn't been to one since Um since November, so they knew that they had to get the belt off of A-Bomb and they knew that they had to find a legitimate replacement for him eventually and it just so happened that the night that A-Bomb lost the title to Trailer Park Chuck, they were like, alright, you're going to be in the number one contender battle royal and then uh, eventually you're going to win the title match. Well, I thought that it would be at the next show in November and then that ended up becoming, it was a smaller show, so we just did a tag team match. Uh, that's where we Laid the eggs for Action Lewis to be kicked out of the row. Uh, then at the next show, we beat Action Lewis's ass again uh, while uh, being involved in Trailer Park Chuck's match. That was uh, December. That was a Christmas show. Then for Martin Luther King Day, uh, we had the match with Joey Ryan. Uh, we were. It was going to be. I was going to be in a title match then. But then once we booked Joey Ryan, we figured a way to have joey ryan be involved have joey ryan cost me the match and have action lewis win which i guess is okay the triple threat uh, at this past show which i won the title
1: weird long-term booking works Yeah, that's really strange when you actually have I a plan booked all of that did you, was it you
0: yeah boy okay well,
1: there you go that makes a whole lot of sense so um it all comes to fruition you know the moment is coming Is there any look? I get it. You've got bigger plans than this, and you've been on bigger stages already in your life than this. But is there still like a moment of like nerve? Is there still a moment where you're like, man, I still have to go out there and do this thing, and it can't suck.
0: It wasn't nerve. It was it was more of um, like I wanted everything to go. I wanted to make sure everything went right. Right. But I wasn't nervous of it going right because I was in control. I was the one leading the match, so I was sure that I was going to be able to make it go the way i wanted it to even though there were a couple hiccups here and there of people not listening but um it's still you know everything worked out fine and uh if you go on my instagram right now you can watch the or our uh twitter you can watch the end of the match and see me win the title
2: here's Uh, the real question how are you wearing the belt is it over the shoulder is it around the waist what are you doing never
0: around the waist that's not fat guy friendly so <laughs> it, it's always going to be draped over the shoulder like a motherfucking boss.
1: I mean, I would. I think that's the only appropriate way to go about doing it. Frankly, I, um, I do like the teeth, the the Pete Dun teeth.
0: Yeah, Big so, fan of I, I like that too. But I'm also not a swagger jacker.
1: Right, correct. <laughs> you got to do your own thing. I agree with that. Um, so now we've entered the sugar bear era. Correct. I think we were, we were, yeah. the sugar bear era. Uh,
0: Long may yeah the sugar yeah. bear. Era.
1: Long may he rain. No, I agree with Long that. Long may he rain. So, what sort of changes can we expect at the Sausage Castle in the Sugar Bear era?
0: Well, um, you know, the Sausage Castle wrestling started from with like all the feuds involved people from the house and all the main feuds, including the one that I won the title with. I mean, me, Action Lewis, and Trailer Park Chuck are all mainstays at the Sausage Castle. Chuck's the only one that lives there right now, but I'll be moving in there soon. Um, so this sounds like,
1: a wait, 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 this sounds a little R Kelly ish. We got, a, we got, everybody lives in the house.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of people that live in the house. There's like 20 is, people. This is there. a but, wild, um, this is wait, wild. So your
1: house. What's happening with your house? I'm selling it. Oh, well, now wait a second. Where am I going to stay when I come down to Orlando now? The sausage castle. Oh, fair enough. All right. I like that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but, uh, yeah, so we got um, – what's going to happen now is the plan is, in order to elevate SCW, um, Sugar Bear is going to take on all challengers. Um, and you now, it's, it's now an now open challenge? Is, now there's going to be – the plan is going to be to book top stars to face me.
1: Okay, wow. So this is kind of a big deal. So the yeah, concept
0: uh, – So the first couple – the first next two or three shows, um, we kind of already got outlined. Um, there's a guy down here that runs Tampa Bay Pro Wrestling. Who's a big, he's a big time deal in Florida. His name's Dax. He's huge too. He's like six six, like three fifty. Okay. Um, so I I'm gonna probably be facing him in March, and then um April is open right now. And then the plan, real realistically, the plan is to eventually work a feud with Bull James.
2: Okay. And obviously, that's Assum- the, you retain the title till then.
0: I mean, right. I'm Sugar Bear. Right. right? <laughs> Nowhere.
1: Of course, Bull James being the uh, former Bull Dempsey. For those that, that don't know, so that's the plan. Uh, but the idea is that you want to bring in legit, like performers. So you know, like perhaps say the Undertaker could be a, a future number one contender for the Sausage Castle. Yeah, I it. for the
0: might, summer. I mean, for, for fifteen hundred bucks, I might book Billy Gunn. I mean, put me over. That's a
1: lot cheaper than the Undertaker. No way to say. I'm the Undertaker. I think he's he cares about the art, right? Like he'd be willing to. You know, sometimes bands will go play small clubs just because they twenty
2: thousand an hour is his rate right now. God, it must be nice to be the Undertaker. Is that
1: a lot? (laughs) God, it must be nice to be the Undertaker. Holy shit um good for him i'm mad right like jesus yeah. christ if, good... if, if you can uh get it no doubt it's good work if you can get it twenty thousand an hour jesus well i it's a shame that you're not jewish aaron because we could have gotten him for your bar mitzvah if that was the case <laughs> uh, um well i've
2: already said i want him for my funeral if i die while undertaker is still doing this i want him at my funeral
1: yeah uh all right well i'll throw in 20 you better bucks. have one hell of a life insurance right I'll, <laughs> I'll throw in 20 bucks in order to get the undertaker at your funeral that's what i'll do all right, so what's next? So the next event for Sausage Castle Wrestling is?
0: March 16th. Um, it's the day before St. Patrick's Day. We're still trying to nail down the name of the show, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be the St. Patrick's Day Massacre.
1: Excellent. And uh, people, is, is there still, like, this isn't like a free membership. Like, like I know you guys had a deal that you guys, we were doing before. Does that continue or is that different?
0: Um, yeah, so this uh, next show, it's going to be a member's weekend, so you got to be a member to come to the show. Okay. Membership's only 33 bucks, and you get um, all the access to Mike's secret Snapchat, as well as get to come to all the parties and all the wrestling shows. Excellent.
1: That's effing excellent. Uh, congr- look, congratulations, man. That's It's awesome. Uh, we're first of many. Yeah, we're, that's correct. Correct. Just, just the first one. It's the first time you get to hold the belt and uh, and be a champion. And of course, like considering the number of belts that you've owned in your life, right? Like, it's all the most fitting that that is uh, worked out this way that you have become uh, a professional wrestling champion. It is very, very cool, and we're thrilled for you. So that's what's going on with AJ and uh, the Sausage Castle, and we are very happy for him. Now let's get into the world of WWE. And I
0: have a and I have a workout with Bubba Ray tomorrow um he's trying to find people to work the ring of honor now this shows this florida.
1: bubba ray figure this is i'm uh, some sort of miscreant uh, in central florida a guy with like a mullet that wanders around that does is that the I, I, who is this bubba ray of which you speak
0: bubba ray of the dudleys you mean bully ray right oh bubba heard of him ray oh of
1: oh of the dudleys oh i am familiar with that gentleman and he's he's done good work in his career uh, that seems noteworthy. That seems noteworthy that you're working
0: out with him. It seems like that could be something. Yeah, uh, everybody at 3D is going to be here tomorrow. Usually we don't come in on Fridays, but everybody's going to be here tomorrow, and he's going to he's getting people to see if they can work Ring of Honor this weekend in Florida. Oh, oh damn. That would
1: be cool. That would be pretty. They're doing Lakeland, right? Lakeland so, and... Lakeland and so, Miami. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a possibility that somebody from the Academy maybe perhaps a a a professional wrestling champion could be asked to participate in those shows somehow
0: there's a very good chance that wow. that might happen
1: wow wow all right we will stay tuned for that that is really exciting Ring of Ring of that arm. is really cool man that is really really cool all right um let's get into the world of uh, WWE for and, the WWE and week.
0: also by the way this is Aaron's fault that I'm uh uh wrestling now because if it wasn't for Aaron and Scott Sudikoff, you never would have gotten, gotten back, back
1: in. Right, right. Yeah, I would
0: have right. gotten back in. To, you know, I'll, I'll right. take a commission down the line. Yeah, I'm sure
1: that's coming. Uh, <laughs> count on that, Aaron. Just uh, No doubt about that. Uh, wild, wild man. What a what a weird path. What a weird, weird path. That's cool, though. That is very cool. Now, now, um, AJ, ask a question.
0: Uh, who had the best match in WWE this week?
1: Holy shit, I do not know.
0: I actually, I, I do have an answer for this. <laughs> I, I do.
2: It's um. It didn't happen this week. It was shown this week. But uh, mm. I watched the win. Did you watch the Worlds Collide show on Saturday?
0: I no, I did not. I did. It was not. actually
2: very very good. And which means mine won't win. But um, two matches in particular. Just if if you haven't watched it yet, go see. Even if you don't have time to watch the whole thing, go see. Uh, Tyler Bate versus Cedric Alexander and Tyler Bate versus the Velveteen Dream because both of those are awesome. <laughs>
0: Absolutely um,
1: awesome. Address. I mean, I first of all, sure, of you course said they Velveteen are. Dream? Yeah,
2: yes. right. See, you're gonna give for it to it sight sight unseen. I'll buy, I vote for that sight unseen. No problem.
1: Okay, I. It's funny you say this because my vote from actual programming was going to be Randy Orton, Mustafa Ali. But that was
0: actually going to be my pick okay. too. But
1: <laughs> but my point was sort of going to be like, you know, I didn't feel it was so, an air week. It was an air week, and that was the best of an air week, right? Yeah. So. I am willing to be swayed by if you can sell me that, that one of those matches was genuinely uh, I, great.
2: Tyler Bates vs. Velveteen Dream. What yeah, I really don't need to know. There
0: it is. It's a really good point.
1: I really don't need to know. It's a great point. Go ahead and make it the winner. Go ahead and do
0: that. Uh, okay. Now, let's I do let's... know.
1: I guess uh, we'll get to SmackDown. We're going to talk more about the Becky Lynch stuff in segment number two of the show. We'll talk more about SmackDown. But I guess then before we get into Raw, tell me more. I know who won the Worlds Collide event, but tell me more about the event itself.
2: Um, it was cool. I mean, they, they did it. I did like the way how they did it, where they put like a lot of preliminary matches on YouTube during the afternoon, kind of got a taste of it, and then like the big show, not the big show The Wrestler, but the, the show itself so they had later that night, so you kind of got the tease and then it it's just a really good mix of matches in there. Uh, you had... Tyler Bate versus Dominic Dijakovic, which was really good. Uh, Tyler Bate versus Adam Cole, Velveteen Dream versus uh, Umberto Karim. I gotta give him, him
1: credit. Awesome. Dijakovic, he's had a huge month. First, he won the Australian Open. Then he competed <laughs> in Worlds collide. Really impressive month for Dijakovic, You know?
2: Absolutely. Uh, really good. But I mean, it was it was cool just to see all of these guys interacting. So you had, you know, like I said, Tyler Bate. Here was Tyler Bate's path. He beat Cedric Alexander. Uh, Dominic Dijakovic, Adam Cole, before facing Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream beat Tony Nese, Umberto Carrillo, Jordan Devlin, before facing Tyler Bate. You also hey, saw Adam Devlin, Cole versus Keith Lee. I her, so Tyler, who won the match,
0: Velveteen?
1: Velveteen Dream won the match. Yeah, he's the, he'll, he gets the championship uh, opportunity of his choosing. And,
2: and as we found out on NXT yesterday, he yeah. decided to forego the NXT opportunity. He is challenging Johnny Gargano for the North American title
1: idiot yeah it's yeah that's not that's not really all that smart also I, I, I agree with you i didn't get to make my jordan devlin james devlin joke either so i kind of just shat you on blue it yeah really f that up um yeah that's not the we smartest we finally
0: have our first official top 10 of 2019 oh we're up to 10 we're up to 10 okay go ahead uh, at number 10 we have Randy Orton with 1.5 on the aggregate scale once again the weighted scale is comes from if, you, if it's a one-on-one singles match, uh, you get one point. If it's any other type of match, you get half a point. When was Randy – wait, what did Randy Orton win? Uh, first week of the year, it was the Fatal Five-Way match. number. Ah, one. okay, gotcha. Uh, number nine is AJ Styles with the same thing, one win and point .5. Number eight is Tyler Bate with one win and one on the weighted scale. Velveteen Dream is seventh with one and one on the weighted scale. Ricochet is 6th with one and one on the weighted scale. Johnny, Gargano you mean one is
1: fifth. and only on the weighted scale? Please, if you would show some respect.
0: <laughs> what did you
1: say? Oh, I I did a Rick. All right, go. ahead. just move on. One I,
0: point I, and only yes, yes. One point and you. only yeah. Johnny Gargano you. is fifth with one win and one on the weighted scale. Mustafa Ali is fourth with two wins and one on the weighted scale. Samoa Joe is third with two wins and one on the weighted scale. Andrade Cien Amos is second with three wins and two on the weighted scale. And your current number one leader for 2019 Match of the Week is Rey Mysterio with four wins and three on the weighted scale. Who needs 2019? It's
2: 1997 all over again. I mean, it's amazing when you think about that.
1: That's crazy. All right, um, so there's that. So, yes, uh, Velveteen Dream. My favorite
0: thing about this is that of the of the 10 people, Six of them are young up and comers. Well, I guess Johnny Gargano, you wouldn't consider him a young up and cutter. So but he's, of, he's, he's not a main roster guy. I think you can call. Oh, so yeah. So six yeah. of them are young up and comers, and the other four are old as fuck. <laughs> that is Mario, a that is Mario, a really good Mario, point. AJ Styles, Randy Orton.
1: That's a good point, man. That's a really good point. Here's my question now: Is this so? So, I don't have they already taped the Velveteen Dream Johnny Gargano title match?
2: Yeah.
0: Uh. Yes. It was in the TV tapings.
2: Okay.
1: So AJ, you know
0: they did a double finish, but everybody thinks Velveteen is gonna win.
1: Oh, this is the one that they take? This is the one, yeah. Okay. This is fascinating. I got two questions for this. So AJ, you were there. You saw it.
0: No, I wasn't actually. Oh, you weren't there. Because it was a Billy day. Billy was in town.
1: Do we know if the finish that involved Gargano losing? Involved Champa screwing him by chance?
2: I do. I, I don't know for sure. I do not think so. I think they were both fairly clean.
1: Okay, because that to me would be a fascinating. Like how how do you accomplish all of this and still position yourselves for Gargano Champa Mania weekend? Right? Like how do we get how do we get back to that from where we are right now? Do you think there's any possibility at all that they haven't decided? Which one they're going to air. And there's still a decision that needs to be made. No, I think they've decided. You think this was just about creating misdirection? Yes. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, I hear you. I I just... Interesting. All right. um, Let's talk about Raw for the week. Let's get into that. Um, The main event was all about Kurt Angle, but it sort of left you feeling empty at the end. They did everything but give Kurt Angle his moment. And yet, I didn't walk away from it feeling the need to see anything more that involved Kurt Angle afterwards. Yeah,
2: I mean, there there has been talk that this was kind of a rush job. This was, you know, Seth Rollins wasn't there, so they were like, okay, we need something, and so they put this together. This was not originally the plan. Um, which makes sense, if you think about it, like, it, it, as you said, it doesn't really do anything for you going forward. But
1: that's, like, if if the problem was we need to come up with something, why not have the main event be Kurt Angle gets his moment? Even if it doesn't really mean anything, it doesn't go anywhere, it at least creates, like, a nice story and a, and a neat moment at the end of your show. It,
2: maybe, you know, they just want the opening. Because if if you create that moment, then that's it. That's the moment. At least now there's the possibility, which I don't particularly want to see at this point. But, you know, you can go back to it in a month or two.
1: But what And that's the point. Like, where? Where are you going with this?
2: I'm hoping it's not you know, Angle in a high-profile
1: match at Mania. Well, I mean, but like... Uh,
0: It's Angle... It's Angle versus Baron Corbin at Mania. It's...
1: You know, it's reasonable. I thought that was going to happen a few months ago, but it, like... It feels like the sting of that is gone now. Like, once upon a time when it was Angle versus Corbin with, like, maybe the GM role at stake, sure. I mean, now, I guess you do it still to do it and that you could possibly get Corbin a moment at
0: WrestleMania. Or, or, or... Angle, I'm sorry, uh, Corbin and Drew McIntyre in a tag team match versus Angle and Jason Jordan. Uh, but
2: still I still don't know. If, I mean, yeah. all indications are Jason Jordan is. Though he did mention it. That was interesting. He brought that up for the first time in a long time.
1: Yeah, but no, we have been working under the belief that Jason Jordan was done wrestling. I mean, that's, yeah. that or that at least where, not yeah. anywhere close to coming back. That, that is where we were. I don't, I don't know what to make of that, so that's interesting. I don't know. It just left sort of a weird taste in my mouth where I'm like, Alright, I'm good. I'm, I'm good here, and I think it would have been just as well to just wrap it up, tie it up, let Kurt have a moment, and then move on. I thought that would have been just fine in that situation, and it instead left me with this just sort of bad taste in my mouth where I want no more of the program, and I didn't even get a good moment out of it. It almost came off, like, super weird and uncomfortable at the end of the night. Like, you didn't leave your—like, you weren't scratching there saying, gosh— man, I'm I'm really disappointed these guys need their comeuppance. It was like, okay, I hope we don't do this again. I, I just hope this is over. I'm, I'm with you 100%. Um, the other one that jumped out at me from Monday night, Aaron, are you still convinced they're not trying to build towards Nia Jax versus Dean Ambrose? Uh
2: I'm I'm not convinced, but I still I still don't think the first time they do a long term intergender build, I still don't think they want the woman as the heel.
1: That's my opinion. Well, I mean, I, I would argue that maybe they shouldn't want the woman to be the heel. But
2: well, yes, I mean that maybe that's just me saying I I think it's a bad idea in your first intergender match in tw- you know your first big intergender build in 20 years you're having the woman be the f- heel. I think that's a bad idea.
1: Um. Uh, okay, I think there's two thoughts to that. Um, one, maybe, maybe not. I actually think it, there's something very powerful, that, the idea of the woman being the heel. I think there's great strength in that. Two, I, I don't know that there... I, I get that your, your position is because you're going to hear chants for Dean Ambrose and we heard him after the segment on Monday night. It's not like the place lost its mind when Dean Ambrose came out on Monday night. Right. It's not like Dean Ambrose got you know, Daniel Bryan treatment.
0: Why is, what, what, what are they doing with EC3?
2: Why is he? Oh, doing... I, I wanted to get to that too.
1: <laughs> okay. So the, the bunch of stuff there, F- we can unpack the whole thing. Why would they have EC3 come out and not talk? Don't know. Weird. Insane. Right. EC3's... Insane. I, I gotta think that's not his story. I gotta think that was just sort of the way that the segment like happened. Well, I, I, I think it is
2: intentionally their story. They're intentionally not having him talk. So when he does, I think it, so when he does start talking it's a big thing the problem is first impressions are important and his best attribute is his talking well fair So let him talk But it's not
1: like he looked bad on monday night on monday night he both well he can't look bad look at him christ <laughs> <And> um,
0: <coughs> alexa bliss spent the whole segment putting him over well that's Correct. the thing i want that pairing i desperately want that
2: pairing because that's perfect
1: i i want that pairing i don't disagree with that but i don't want EC3 neutered you know what I mean like I don't I don't I want that pairing but with EC3 I I want a power couple right correct I want him on the microphone and the two of them working together I don't want her being his voice I think that's a bad idea but EC3 still comes out of that night not only looking strong and looking good with Alexa putting him over for a whole segment but then he ends up going and getting a win over Dean Ambrose to boot so it's a good night for EC3 it is weird that they're still drawing this thing out with all of these people and not just saying, here's the show they're going to be on, which, again, you hope is they're just trying to get them on both shows and, and get as much attention for them and the whole thing. But it can't help but make you worry that they don't have a plan just yet, that the plan ended at call these guys up and then we'll figure it out from there.
2: Yeah, I mean, that seems pretty right right now. I mean, outside the Rumble, we haven't really seen Lacey Evans. I guess the the one thing where she announced that she was in the Rumble, but we haven't really seen her at all on either show. It seems like a lot of these people, yeah, they just kind of called them up and were like, okay, we'll figure it out when we get there.
1: Which is very on-brand. You know, yes. like, it's very on-brand for what it is they do. They're still trying to figure out what sanity is. They're still trying to figure out, you know, any of did, these did, things. Did you
2: see some of those tweets over the weekend from the sanity members?
1: No. Oh, they
2: were, they were tweeting basically about uh, I care. I think it was, uh shoot, who was it? Oh, it was Killian Dane was like, uh you know, it was, it was great to see my wife here. Oh, yeah, I've been sitting on my couch for weeks.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, I, look, uh, SmackDown's been great, so, like, I, I don't have easy answers, but you're calling up an awful lot of talent without plans. And we're all assuming that there's more talent that is going to get caught up. And, like, we all like that. In theory, we like the idea of, hey, call up Adam Cole. But they haven't been able to figure out what to do with just about anybody. The only thing they figured out with Andrade so far is make him have him work with Rey and put on great matches and make no mistake. No,
0: work. don't say with Rey. He's put on great matches with literally everyone he's faced.
1: Right, but with no real purpose. Like this sure. is the first thing they've done with purpose with Andrade and even then we don't know that there's an end game for it. But
0: us. but but let's be honest. Andrade is Andrade is over because of his work, not because of Like, Selena Vega's nice, and she's sexy. No, 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 I agree with that. But, like, the reason why you do that with Andrade and you don't do that with Sanity is because... Killian Dane, although he can work, is not about to get over. No, no, I, I,
2: understand what yeah. I understand all he, of that. He's just saying that there's no storyline for Andrade, and right. there hasn't been since he's called up,
1: pretty like, much. Like, the only real storyline they've given is this in, this relationship with Ray, which, again, is pr- the, the fruit of that has been amazing matches, and that's not a problem, and getting TV time in any way isn't a problem, but is there direction? Do they have a plan? Do they know what they're doing? Or are they sort of looking at this and saying, well, we only have five hours of TV every week, and... We've caught up all of these people, and frankly, we just don't know what we're doing with them. And mm, when it all comes down to it, we'd just rather put Randy Orton on TV. Like, it just sort of smells like that to me at the moment. And so, I thought EC3 looked great. I thought it was a good segment. I'm all for more EC3. And I don't know how you F up EC3, because literally, he's EC3. Jesus Christ, how could you possibly F that up at any point? Like, what could you do to wreck someone that looks that good and is that talented? But in fairness, they've wrecked other guys that look really good and are talented. And, you know, I'm not going to try to compare Bobby Lashley on the mic to EC3 because Bobby Lashley is clearly comes up short in that department. But he checks a lot of other boxes, and they haven't figured out anything there either. So I've uh, got a lot of questions. I got a lot of questions. Um, but again, it all leads out to Dean Ambrose doing a job against EC3 in his you first match.
0: You know what was going to be my dark horse pick for match of the week? What? Leo Rush versus Seth Rollins.
1: You know, it was actually a really good match. Finn? Finn, right, not Seth. Yeah, I it was Finn Balor. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It, it was actually a quality match. And
0: it it a... was awesome watching Finn have to work as the bigger guy. <laughs> right, yeah, right. I love
1: that. Those
2: are some of my favorite matches when you see like these cruiserweights and one guy who's usually the fastest has to go, oh, crap, I have to completely change my dynamics. Those are my favorite matches, and they're great. But and I... Finn did it great. Finn did it perfectly.
1: No, no, he was very good. But let me come back to this, this Dean Ambrose thing. You're having them do the job against EC3. You're unconcerned about how the crowd's going to react. The only mistake they made is that they let that, like, during... Who, who was cutting a promo after the match? It
2: was... I feel like it was one of the women. Was Kurt Angle.
1: It was, it was. Right. Yes. So they have the Kurt Angle cutting the promo, and they didn't cut the crowd mic. Yeah. As Kurt Angle was cutting the promo. If they cut the crowd mic, then no one's ever wiser. Like, there's not... Nothing ever looks weird. It just seems like Dean Ambrose is the same heel that he's been. For weeks upon a time, except um, he wasn't
2: a heel in that segment. He was. He was kind of a dick. Yeah, he was he a was. dick, but he was a dick to Alexa and EC3, who are heels. Yeah, but EC3 isn't a heel EC3 yet. EC3 isn't a heel right now. Yeah, he's not. Like uh, I get it. I, I mean, a guy staring at the mirror. You always see him staring at the mirror. I, they, I mean, part part of this part of this is. T- I mean, part of this is tainted by my knowledge of who EC3 is. But EC3 is a heel.
0: It, in, Speaking of staring at the mirror, uh, Mojo has. Face- oh yeah, we're we're face- going to talk yeah. about that.
1: Let me let me finish the let me finish the Dean Ambrose Nia thing. Let me get, let me get the Mojo. Um, I the argument that you could make is that he was sort of a face because Naya's a heel. But again, but all of them were heels, and he was cracking but, jokes like that was very much face Dean. It wasn't face Dean. It was different. It wasn't he wasn't there to be the hero in that situation. He was there, I don't really know, other than to position himself, to me, against Nia, continuously. I am more and more convinced that there is something there that they're trying to build towards with Dean Ambrose and Nia Jax. I think they want to do it. I think the stars are all aligning. I think it really only makes sense that they've allowed him to do what they've allowed him to do and to get the crowd to react like that positively, if they've got an agreement that he's willing to do the job for them. I, I... All of this only seems to make sense to me in the world in which they want to have Dean Ambrose face Nia Jax at WrestleMania.
2: Does it have to be Nia? Does it have? I mean, I I guess that's the question. Who else would it be?
1: Someone else they want to get. Why have Dean Ambrose come out after Nia Jax on Monday night if you're not trying to do that? What is the
2: point? I mean, it's a long build. They're they're holding up to Mania for that?
1: I mean, do you want him to do that at the the next pay-per-view?
2: I mean, I, I'm i troubled by it anyway, but, like, if you're going to do it, I would do it at Mania, yeah. Right. It's that was, a, you know, it's, it's a long, they're, they're, you know, biding their time with it.
1: I agree they'll be biding their yeah. time with it, but I think that's the way. They're also, by the way, they've already set the championship matchup for WrestleMania. Like, well, yeah. I mean, in fairness, it's not like they haven't done that in other scenarios. I just don't know why you keep going down this road if that's not ultimately where you're going. And... I haven't seen anything that suggests to me that that's not the case. Now, again, there's plenty of time, and it might even be the type of thing where, like, at some point they say, maybe this isn't the greatest idea in the world, and they don't do it. But having Dean Ambrose come out right after Nia Jax on Monday night, I, I don't know what other reason there is for that. Like, if you're just trying to get to Dean Ambrose versus EC3, then you didn't need to have Nia Jax come out, did you? It's
2: fair. I mean, like, fair. I mean there, there's certainly things pointing towards it, no doubt about
1: it. All right, All right. well, then I'm not crazy. All right, uh, yeah, the Mojo stuff. What do you make of it?
0: I hope that that this is like a, the start of a big push for him. I can see this coming out, him coming out of WrestleMania as a contender for Finn Balor's Intercontinental title.
2: It should be. I mean, we've seen him, you know, when they've let him do these serious promos, fans have given him the respect that they haven't been giving him over the past few years. Like, they seem to be into this. There's something there, and I hope they know what it is. Uh, you know, like, they're they're giving a few interesting people little segments here and there, and I'm not convinced they have plans for everybody as much as they do want to set up something for, you know, maybe something going out of WrestleMania. And I hope they choose Mojo.
1: Um, I, yeah, yeah. I agree on all fronts. I I think it also somebody would this would be where I have the responsibility of pointing out that it's totally possible possible that in the next couple of weeks Rob Gronkowski could be announcing a retirement from football. Um, I don't think they're they're cut. He's cutting these promos. If it's Gronk,
2: right, I had the same they, idea. But they like, want him to be super serious. You're right? Not they, want him, they want him. They want him to be silly.
1: The whole deal. You're right about that. But that might be a that they want to get Mojo back into the spotlight for now. Trying to play some sort of long game. Um, look, I'm I'm for it. I'm for it. I think it's interesting. I think it's compelling. We will see where it goes. Uh, what else jumped out at us for Monday night?
2: The Ryder Hawkins segment I thought was great. I thought it was written perfectly. I thought it gave real motivation and actually some. You know, despite the fact that they are jobbers at this point, I think it makes people care about them to some point. I hope again another thing that. I hope it's not just something random. I hope they have actual plans for these guys. Because that yeah, was a great segment,
1: I thought. I don't know. It feels very Heath Slater-ish to me. We're like, it's cool for a couple weeks, and then they're just like, what are we doing? Yeah, you know, it's just sort of the way that it feels to me. Like, for a couple weeks, it's neat. And then something else is a little bit shinier in a couple weeks, and they roll with that.
2: I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's what
1: it is. Uh, I'm sure, you know, that they'll get no distracted. That's how fans me. are, too. I, no, you're right about that. You're right about that. Um, I'm... Uh, I'm more than completely done with Road Dogg and Jeff Jarrett. I do not need them back on television again. Never again. Right, um, that can be done. Um, Jeff, like I
2: said, like I said on Twitter, Jeff can teach Shane how to punch. Other than that, he doesn't need any role on, you know, yeah, anywhere in WWE. Yeah,
1: I am. I am good. Like it was neat for the Rumble. Like for the Rumble, it was a neat thing. Right. And then even the night after.
0: Okay, you got you got the with right, my baby tonight.
1: Right, done. Do not need any more right, of people it. People
0: care about this song. Well, clearly they don't nobody does that's the thing they don't
1: that's by the way the most embarrassing part about all of this has he been doesn't know the words well it's not it, like the notion like the part where they're trying to put the microphone to somebody else's face like somebody else is gonna know the words <laughs> they don't even fucking know the words it's so irrelevant like i i don't know who that that i don't know whose idea in writing was oh everybody is gonna love this Just go to the crowd and start putting the microphone in front of people's faces. Like, anyone was going to fucking know the words of the song. Like, anyone was. That was dumb. From the get-go, it was dumb. I have no idea who's really super into that song that they decided that, like, that's the way we're going to go about doing things. We need
2: three three times doing
1: it. My God, man. So bad. So, so bad. All right. Um... I, the other big thing, obviously, from Monday Night was that you did the you did that whole story with uh, Sasha and Bailey, where you had Bailey having to be, you know, the hero. Um, I mean, I it it creates sort of a an, an extra moment, but I'm so convinced that they're not going to win the titles that I don't know. There's nothing that can come from it. There's nothing that can come from it for me. I don't think you can have them win at the the Elimination Chamber.
2: you I, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes when it you know when it comes to WWE oftentimes the easiest result is the result we get. And right now that's very clearly the easiest result.
1: I hear you. AJ, I know you got to go. Why don't you go ahead and get your uh, plugs in for the week?
0: Hey, what's up fellas. You can follow me on all social media at AJ Francis, four one Oh Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, Xbox, PlayStation, wherever you have social media. I am there as AJ Francis four one zero. um, if you got any ideas of who you think you'd like to see me face for the sausage castle title, hit me up. um, I got a couple TV appearances coming up with the belt in the next couple weeks, so there's going to be a lot to look forward to. And uh, like I said, just follow me on all social media at AJFrancis410. Awesome.
1: All right, we'll come back in. We'll talk about SmackDown next. I'm Glenn, he's Aaron, and he's the main event. And the champ, AJ Francis, this is jobbing out. One third of crash fatalities in Maryland are due to impaired driving. Don't be a statistic. Be legendary. What does it mean to be legendary? It means always making a plan to choose a sober driver or be one. Never drinking, then getting behind the wheel. Making sure to get a ride for yourself and your friends if needed. Always speaking up and taking the keys from an impaired driver. Remember, sober drivers save lives. This safety message is brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation. Visit belegendarymd.com. Back in here for segment number two of Jobbing Out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, AJ had to duck out. Appreciate him hanging out with us for the first segment. So, uh, let's get into SmackDown for the week. Um, I, I'm going to ask the question this way. Everybody has brought up the Stone Cold Vince comparison when it comes to Becky right now. Yes. Is it too far down that road at this what, point? What do you mean too far? I mean... It's one thing that we all looked at Becky in, like, the fall, and we were doing the bit where we are like, hey, this is sort of like she's doing a Stone Cold bit, right? Like, her character is sort of Stone coldish, Right. Is this almost too parallel to that?
2: No. I don't think it's... I mean, look, you're talking about one of the greatest builds, one of the greatest storylines, with one of the greatest payoffs in the history of wrestling. I'm okay with going back to that. Well, when... And again, like, some of the things that happened weren't intentional. Obviously, her breaking her her face and stone cold breaking his neck while well, it, it had the same effect on it. It made them even more of a badass. It, you know, it obviously wasn't intentional, but they're playing it off the same way because it works. So once you go down that road and once you're getting all of these things that are coming together in a perfect way,
1: I have no problem with going even further down that road. I really don't. Here's the only issue I have with it. The only issue I have with it is you say that it had a perfect payoff. Well, the, the payoff's a little bit weirder this time around. Because if you're going to do a Becky versus Stephanie thing, you're going to have to have it happen at a pay-per-view no one gives a shit about.
2: Not necessarily. Or you wait. You bide your time with that. Okay, that's... Then you have that sort of... When did Austin face... Austin didn't face man until 99.
1: Um... St. Valentine's Day Massacre Right, St. Valentine's Day mass- Massacre, right. And so... I'm trying to go back and do the math on this. That, I mean that was What were the feuds that Austin was involved with?
2: Alright, so uh Austin dispatched HBK uh at WrestleMania. Right. He then ended up he feuded with you know, several people along the way. There were there was an Undertaker. Uh, Undertaker and Kane was big in
1: '98.
2: Yeah, yeah. Th- those were feuds. Then obviously, The Rock ended up coming up at the end of '98, took the right. title from him. And also, but this was Vince getting involved all the time. Vince stripped the
1: title. But at this the end okay. Of 98. Here's here's what I would say. Here's my issue with that. If you're going to extend that,
2: I I I'm not saying extend. By the way, I'm not saying extended a year like that. Well, okay. Why do you really tell care. me it's
1: at Summerslam? Here's, but here's what I'm saying. Becky versus Rhonda needs nothing else, and if anything is distracted by something else, Becky v Rhonda is everything. It's the match. It's what we want. And like, it's two months away.
2: That's you need why something
1: in the middle. And there that's why the them. argument would be that you do it if you're going to do something with Becky and Steph, you do it beforehand.
2: Oh, you do it at Fastlane?
1: Right. Because instead of having that thing hold over, I, this is it's a really funky situation that I find myself in where I almost don't want Becky v. the McMahons because it serves to distract me from the thing that I really want the most. I want Becky and Rhonda going at it for three months. I want three months. I want a tag match. But you can't
2: I, have that. I mean... I mean, not you can't have that, but, like, you don't want... I, I, I'm the other way. I don't want them in the ring till Mania. I want that to be fresh. I want that to be first time. Well, I mean, this I, is the
1: way to do it. Well, I mean, I'm not saying I want them to have a, a match, like, the two of them before then, but... I well, I don't no... even want
2: to, I don't want them in the ring together.
1: At all. Well, not in a match.
2: If you, you know, obviously, segments and stuff. I don't want them in a match together.
1: Yeah, I don't have any problem with that. Like, that's the... To me, I... That's why I like the idea of doing the four horsewomen thing beforehand because it would be a way to give me – I'm not – I am nowhere near as excited about four horsemen women versus four horsewomen as I am about Becky V. Rhonda. And so it serves as sort of like a teaser for what I'm going to get and – you know, involves other storylines. Look, story if, if you
2: had the eight of them, and that way you could keep Becky and Rhonda out of the ring at the same time, right. that's fine.
1: Right. That's that's more
2: basic tag matches. I wouldn't but be. But it big.
1: continues to build Becky v Rhonda at the same time. Yeah. they're there. They're around each other. The presence is felt at the same time. I actually think um, th- th- that that to me was the best thing you could do to try to bide your time to ultimately get to what you're getting to, the Becky versus the McMahon things in and of itself is very compelling, right? Like it's a very compelling story. But to me, it was a very compelling story that you should have been doing like a month ago. Well, you should have been doing it as her face was broken. Yeah. Not now that we finally got the thing that we want.
2: Right now. I don't disagree with you
1: there. Now that we've gotten the thing that we want, I don't need Becky versus the McMahons. Um, if somehow you screw Becky out of winning the title at WrestleMania, which just seems like such a terrible idea. No, that's idea. dumb. Do not do that. Yeah, it seems like a really, really awful idea. But I guess it could create something with the McMahons afterwards, right? Like, it could create a scenario after WrestleMania. But
2: I don't, if she gets screwed out of the title at WrestleMania, I don't want her to go anywhere but back to the title. I don't want her distracted by the McMahons right after that. If um, on the off chance he did, which again I'm I'm totally not in favor
1: of. I'll present one other scenario: Becky versus Triple H at SummerSlam.
2: I just don't think they're there yet. They what? can they can do it with Nia. Why not? They, I, I just I I I, I don't trust them to get that right if that's a really tricky thing with the size difference with the with the battle of the sexes
1: that's a really tricky thing to pull off and i don't trust them if they have becky become the only person who ever defeated ronda who i think we all believe if ronda was sticking around at some point they were going to let her work the intergender thing right they've already had becky be physical with triple h right why not why I, not I just, I it's, trust it's them. almost the perfect storm by which to do it again much like the Nia Jax versus Dean Ambrose thing to me is a perfect storm because of the timing of it right it's, in, that way, in that way it's all believable because Nia Jax is a monster force right because you can't it's, in this case she actually isn't like most girls right unlike every other scenario where she's exactly like every other girl in this scenario she's not and then you have Dean Ambrose, who we all know is on his on his way out. All to me, that all lines up perfectly. But right. this is more like the original Battle of the Sexes, which is female at the absolute top of her game versus a male performer who we all know is a little past his prime. Though they all... haven't
2: been portraying him that but way.
1: Maybe. Yeah, You say that, but I don't think they've hidden from that either, right? Like, there's a reason why... They were all so beat up after having one match. You know what I mean? Like they haven't hid from the fact that Triple H isn't that guy necessarily anymore. Now, I get it. They've also wanted to have, you know, this wrestler facing Triple H be a big deal, and maybe you lose some of that sting. But that you're gonna lose that sting in the coming years no matter what. I I was gonna say I'm not concerned that's not the part I'm concerned about. (laughs) Right. I'm not worried about that at all. And frankly, If there's going to be one more match to get out of it, to have Triple H legitimately put over a young performer, why not let it be this? Why not let it be the most compelling performer that you've had in a decade? Why not let it be for this reason? I'm absolutely on board with the idea of if it's going to go anywhere, let it be for Becky versus Triple H's SummerSlam. If you got to do it, and at this point, you got to do it, right? I'm not – I don't want him to do it. It's distracting to me. And if you're doing Becky versus Steph, get it out of the way now. Do not have that loom over your WrestleMania match, your WrestleMania moment. Do not allow the McMahons to be a distraction for what needs no effing distraction. It's the match we want.
2: You know, to to go bring this full circle, and I'll just – I will defend it, not so much defend it. I don't think it will... Like, once we get to the Mania, I don't think it will. Just like it wasn't a distraction when Austin faced Michaels, there was no McMahon distraction there. None. When Austin finally faced Michaels at uh, and uh, WrestleMania, at
1: right. And that, and that was in 98.
2: I And then I think that, again, as long as they don't overdo it,
1: which, you know, I can't promise they won't yeah, that, because I, they're I, WWE. I don't know, man. Like, uh, I don't know. I think it's an awfully... I mean, I guess here's here's the They're other question. They're literally position.
2: Is this actually a thing they want to do or is this just a way to make it so you
1: have a reason to put Charlotte in the match? I and mean, that's the part that I still can't figure out, right? Like, well, and, but, By the way, I think it's clearly part that, but I don't think you can dip your toes in the... They had been trying to position the McMahons' faces and turn that all simply for this. This, to me, smells like there's got to be something more to it. There's got to be something more in where they want to go than just, hey, we needed something in order to get Charlotte into the match. I think they could have done that without having Becky end up slapping Triple H. You know? Or, yeah, I, 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 get I get it. I get it. I thought, by the way, the, the thing where Triple H completely dismissed Charlotte on, that wasn't
2: good. That was bad.
1: Well, I would argue to me that's don't have Charlotte in the match. Like that was a that was a damning moment for me. I
2: I agree with you there. When I saw that I was like, "Oh no, th- this is wrong. This is
1: like that's not what they wanted to do there." Yeah, that that to me was I that really jumped out at me from that whole thing. Look, you know, whatever they do with Becky, it's fine because it's Becky and she's great and she's amazing in the whole deal, but I don't know, it's just I, there's a lot there. There's a lot Look, there. Look, when they bring Conor McGregor to be the guest referee, we'll know exactly what they
2: think about no, the uh, there's, Becky there's, Austin comparison. no doubt
1: about that. There's no doubt. All right. Um, What else do we need to cover from SmackDown?
2: You know, there wasn't really. I mean, this was pretty much, all right, we laid out our matches for, uh, for Elimination Chamber. Let's just kind of keep getting there. Um. Yeah. There, there wasn't a whole lot really compelling other than, you know, again, Daniel Bryan got another really compelling promo.
1: Um no I mean Daniel Bryan's great so why wouldn't yeah. he keep cutting really compelling promos? It, uh, sadly none of it, n- nothing that happened sold me on, you know, the Elimination Chamber being interesting. God, I, you know, this is the real bummer of the whole thing, right? Like there there's so many performers who individually I like, and I, I just not sold. There's nothing they've done to present me a compelling way in which I could believe that any one of those guys could walk out as champion other than Daniel Bryan, right? Like. Right. They've done nothing.
2: And- I, was, I was actually really disappointed that they didn't use this as an opportunity at the end of the night for uh, Ali to be standing tall. I thought that would have been a great moment and really solidify If, if they want him going forward to yeah, be a to player, be a star, right? that would have been
1: perfect. Yeah, it would have been really good. I don't disagree with that. I guess the other thing I would say is I think what I've realized more about the Elimination Chamber is like the, the math's been done for how you make that pay-per-view work. You make that pay-per-view work... By having the other elimination chamber match before, you know, put don't, instead of that being for the title, you have that be for to determine the number one contender.
2: You say that, but most of the time we go into it saying, oh, well, of course, you know, when um, most of the time we go to saying, oh, well, of course, this person last year, we, it's like, of course, Roman Reigns is going to win.
1: To face Brock Lesnar. Okay, but it doesn't have to be that way every time, right? Now, I guess what you're going to say is if they put John Cena in the match this time, we'd all be sitting there saying the same thing. But in fairness, we're all coming into this I mean, I'm
2: just... I guess my question is, what is the... What's the elimination chamber that you went into where you're like, I I have no idea what's happening here? Um...
1: I don't know. I don't remember elimination chambers that well, if I'm being honest with you. I really don't. I, I mean, just
2: off the top of my head, there just isn't that many surprising things occasionally you get a slight surprise but usually because of you know at this point we kind of know where the matches are heading i think okay the last one um the one i guess 2012 when jack swagger won that would have been a legitimate surprise but even that it was like well alberto del rio is the champion of course jack swagger makes sense it wasn't a shock it was just like oh wow they're they're really going for this for mania
1: i hear you i i still think that there's there's more value there i don't know i think there's more value to that than doing it this way and and maybe it's just tough because we're all i don't know if everyone's convinced that we're getting daniel bryan versus john cena at oh i don't think everybody
2: i i think it's i don't know if it's an unpopular opinion or, or an underrated opinion but I, I haven't heard a lot of it outside of kind of our corner
1: it's interesting that's interesting. I'm I'm just so I'm so convinced of it. I'm so convinced. I mean, it makes the most sense at. at this
2: point. I don't know how you go back. Like, I guess the question is, what's the other option? And that's what we kind of keep coming back to. Because are you, are you going back to AJ? It's so like, stale. No it's one's so, complaining it's, about that. No, nah, it's
1: stale. You you can't keep doing the exact Ray, same thing. Ray would thing. be the
2: only other option in my mind.
1: And I'd be I'd be fine with that, right? I, like, I'd be good with it. Yeah, I mean, i I'd, I'd be good with it. I just feel like oh man i don't know i mean
2: just cena makes more sense in our minds because he's cena it's a wrestlemania match yeah it's like a, it's daniel a... Bryan, ray mysterio is great and it, it becomes you know the match we all look forward to but it gets buried as far as what you know what's the promotional material yeah
1: i hear you i hear you with yeah. all that
2: but you know cena obviously ends up on top there but if you're saying okay if it's not cena what is it ray would be my top
1: choice yeah Yeah, that's that's probably the best that you could do. Maybe I would argue that for this one uniquely, because you had two pay-per-views between, I would be more compelled if they were doing a number one contender match in the Elimination Chamber with that being the number one contender for Fastlane, right? Like, maybe that would be more compelling to me because you could do
2: I feel like it it needs to be – if you're in the Elimination Chamber, it shouldn't be the number one contender for a – Random paper, well, you're the you know. number
1: one contender for the, a championship match It's a big deal. And I, I the, here's why I would say that that could work really well, because then you could have Mustafa Ali win this match. Right. And Mustafa Ali that. winning an elimination chamber, even though he's not going to become champion, and being the number one contender for a month... A big moment. ...would be a really big moment for him. And there would be something really interesting that would come out of it, short of just what we're all assuming, which is probably a good match, but... No question as to whether or not uh, who's going to win. And by the way, the most compelling figure in this match is Samoa Joe. We just don't see any possible scenario in which Samoa Joe is winning the match.
2: And and I mean, and that's actually one of the big things is the match and the result isn't compelling where they go with it. Because, you know, usually you get at least one big feud coming out of it where do the how do you pair off after this that's i think the most interesting thing about the elimination yeah. chamber this year is like we think we know the result we don't know how we get there we don't know does does rowan get involved does someone else also join daniel right, bryan and, right. and get involved right. there's a lot of ways you can go with this going forward so with that in mind it's not the worst thing in the world it's not like completely uncompelling but you're right the result does not seem to be in doubt
1: anything else from smackdown that we have to cover
2: not really um. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it was just it was a really kind of boring SmackDown, which is unfortunate. But they were also going against the State of the Union, so I think that would probably also entered their mind a little bit that they yeah, didn't want to do anything too yeah, big.
1: It probably had so something to do with it. They
2: should have done Daniel and Bryan by the way, the State of the Union, though.
1: Yeah, that would have been good. And by the way, the Randy Orton Mustafa Lee match was very good. Oh, it was, no, good. it was good. It was good. It was just
2: you know we're at the same point we were at last week. Yeah, is What I'm go. saying that the, the stories go. didn't really progress at all.
1: All right. When we come back in. Lillian Garcia joins the show She's coming to MCW I'm excited about that So much I want to talk about And I'm going to do my best To not come off creepy at any point um, I'm Glenn. He's Aaron. This is jobbing out.
0: Pressbox's
3: annual Best of Baltimore Sports double issue is now available. Presented by Maryland Sports Commission. This issue recognizes UMBC basketball's Ryan Odom and Jairus Lyles as our local sportspersons of the year. Plus 60 more are in the spotlight as we look at the top people, performances, and moments of the year. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Ravens, Orion. And at Pressboxonline.com.
1: Back in here for segment number three of Jobbing Out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, and I can't tell you, Aaron, how nerdy excited I am for our next guest. Um, I used to get together with my friends every Monday night. Believe it or not, I have friends. I know that's hard for you to believe. But we, we would get together every Monday night in college to watch Raw. And at, at some point, like, the, I don't know, maybe the third or so week, I, I noticed that literally at some point during the night every week, one of my friends had said, Lillian's looking lovely this evening. And he had said it, I think, every week. And at some point I started saying, dude, you say that every week. And somehow it became like a back and forth. That was how we greeted each other. This is not a joke. We would greet each other in college. We would see each other like walking across campus, and he would say, Hey, what's up, man? Lillian's looking lovely this week. And I'd be like, dude, you say that every week. This is a true story, straight shoot, 100%. It was always true. Joining us now is she's getting ready to come to MCW, uh, February 23rd. We can't wait to have her in town. She is the great Lillian Garcia, and she's with us now here on Jobbing Out. Oh, my God. Yeah, Lillian, all of that, first of all, thank you for joining us. (laughs) And thank you for not you hanging so up, too. Awesome to you have no idea. That is 100% factual. <laughs> like, <laughs> everything about that story. And I swear, it's also not creepy. Like, it's genuine. He would say every week, Lillian's looking lovely. And somehow I caught on to it. And I was just like, You say that every week. Every week you say that. So thank you for taking well, the time. And I apologize for, for making you sit through that weird story.
3: Oh, no, no, no. No apologies necessary. Like, that is the coolest thing ever. The fact that my name was even being, like, in campus, I can just imagine. <laughs> I'm like, this is so neat. You know, it's all these things that happen that you don't even know are happening, right, that are behind your back um, that you hear about these stories that go, whoa, maybe I did impact some, some no, kind of like, something in somebody. And
1: that's the cool part. I think that's why we're so excited to have you. Like, You know, obviously people think of pro wrestling and they think of The Rock and they think of Stone Cold Steve Austin and John Cena and all these people. But in in such an unbelievable way, you were such a significant part of the furniture for for what was going on. And in such a mainstay and such like a comfort in our lives as professional wrestling fans that I think our affinity for you rivals our affinity for some of our favorite professional wrestlers over the years.
3: Wow. I really can't thank you enough for that because... You know, I getting into this company, I didn't really know what I was getting into. But when I got there and then it was because of the rock that I was able to start singing on the show and be able to infuse my passion of, you know, singing and everything yeah. too, that to be able to do both, like hosting, announcing interviews backstage and then singing on top of that. For such a long time at that company, uh, and then hear what you're saying, it's like it's the icing on the cake. It really, it really is incredible. Um, my time there, I just had such an amazing journey.
2: You just said it was, it was because of the rocket. Can you kind of get into how you how you got involved with all of that? Because uh, I think a lot of people don't really know the backstory there.
3: With how I got involved with singing on the show. Yeah. Yeah. So once I was already there. And he was one of the first that actually befriended me, which was really cool. Him and Mark Henry, I remember instantly getting along with. And I remember having a conversation with him, like when he found out that I sang. You know, Rock loves to sing. As we've known, he's grabbed yes. his guitar <laughs> on once, you know, on occasion here or there. And um, when he found out that I liked to sing, I told him. I, I think I remember saying to him. Yeah, I remember I I sang in school and I even did the National Anthem at my graduation at my high school. And he was like, whoa, that's so cool. He goes, we actually play the National Anthem, and instrumental of it, before every live event. And um, I was like, wow, okay, so then I got booked on a live event because Howard Finkel at the time was still doing the weekend live events. And then I was coming in to do the TV uh, ones that were broadcasted, right? Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. So... When I got booked to do one of the live events of the weekend I was covering for Howard, that's when Rock was like, why don't we have you sing the National Anthem tonight? I'm like, that would be cool. Okay. <laughs> so he spoke to the producers, and they had me do it at a rehearsal, and they loved what I did. And I did it cappella, no music. And so I did it that night. That was Friday. Then I did it Saturday and Sunday. And then by Monday, Vince McMahon heard about it. And we were in San Jose, and he was like, well, I have to hear this for myself. So I sang it that night, and then that was it. He goes, I want you to do it before every single Monday Night Raw, which I started doing. And then that very year, they had me do it at WrestleMania. So that was my first of three. And that's incredible, right, to even say that, that I (laughs) sing and hold the record for singing at WrestleMania the most times. That's just unbelievable to me. But. Then I started singing it, as you know, through the years. Tribute to the troops, Iraq, Afghanistan, um, you know. So it just became so incredible that I was able to infuse my passion of singing and music into the company of wrestling. When you would never think that that would end up there, but. But yeah, it was because of him. He opened
1: the door for me. Uh, Lillian, you obviously you were an announcer, and and the singing thing is so natural to you. But a- as your career, you know, in the WWE, continued to go, you were clearly involved with so many other things, and <laughs> some that I'm sure you look back on and you're like, that's kind of a little cringeworthy. But like <laughs> others that I'm sure you say, wow, this is really cool. Was there any trepidation from you? As things went along, you know, from your background and what you were comfortable with to being asked to be involved physically in matches, things along those lines, was there ever a time where you were like, yeah, I'm not really sure this is what I want to do? Or did you sort of become someone that was trying to do more during your time with the company?
3: Well, first of all, I absolutely loved it when they actually asked me to do any. I remember Jeff Jarrett was my very, very first like in-ring physical physicality. And that was when he put me in the figure four. And that was only like, I think, a month into my job. <laughs> so wow. Wow. It was like, welcome to the WWE. <laughs> right, <laughs> But when they asked me if I wanted to do it, I was like, hell yeah. I, I love sports. I love all of that stuff. Now, I never really looked at wanting to become a wrestler because I felt like that was a full-time job. I didn't feel like going and learning a couple moves. And doing them in the ring, and then I was, you know, would be fair to call myself a wrestler. And I knew that my position there was to announce, was to interview, and was to sing. And I felt like that was enough for me. That was already a good amount. But when they asked me, would you be okay with well, going in this storyline, you know, with Jeff Jarrett, or um, when some people would pick me up in the ring? I think uh, Victoria picked me up one time and put a move on me. Uh, viscera, Charlie you, Haas you, in me. What's that? It
2: said Viscera and Charlie Haas in that uh, one feud
3: Oh absolutely That whole Viscera angle um, All of that That was never even supposed to happen Viscera was just going to serenade me And it was just to start getting him over As like this big You know, lovely lover boy Kind of deal <laughs> and, um, and then it just went It got such high ratings That segment that that's when they were like, wait, we got something here. I mean, we could do like a Beauty and the Beast thing here. And that's how it all started. So it was just a lot of fun for me to, to be involved in all those angles. And I remember that even the Dudley boys asked me if they could put me through a table. And I'm like, hell, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> it never happened um, because they stopped doing that at the time after it. But, uh, but, yeah, I was always ready to do it. I just didn't want to do full-time wrestling. That, to me, was a full-time job.
2: So, so what is it about you that, that makes you go, yeah, I want to do everything. I want to do this. Like, What, what, what is it uh, in your personality that you think lends yourself to that?
3: I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie. Okay. I love – well, like I said, I've always loved sports. I've always played sports my whole life. I've always taken on challenges. Um, I'm a huge scuba diver. I go shark diving, which Shoot. I absolutely love. I've Damn. had sharks literally – Pass by my arms and just touch me, like through my on my arms and stuff. It was as they swim by. It's really cool. I've bungee jumped. I've skydived. Um, I love trying different things and the adrenaline of the rush of it. And for me, it was kind of that. It was an adrenaline rush of something I'd never done. And I love acting. And so for me, it was part of putting on an act. You know, when Jeff Jarrett put me in the figure four. That did not hurt at all. Wow. But when you look at the tape, it looks like I'm dying.
0: <laughs> so yeah. That,
3: that's what's fun about it is being able to 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 make the person feel like you're in such agony and it's part of acting. And that was fun.
1: She is Lillian Garcia again. She's going to be coming to MCW for the 2019 anniversary show on February 23rd. Go to MCWProWrestling.com right now to get your tickets. Kazarian and Daniel is going to be there as well. It's going to be an awesome night. Get your tickets right now, and she's going to tell us a little bit more about some of the other things she's doing. Um, Lillian, I had, I, you know, again, this is I don't think we've ever had you on before, but I, I've I wanted to ask about because I've never had a chance to ask about the show after 9/11 and and the anthem that night and yeah. just the entire spectacle everybody thinks back to that Smackdown as being the first live event in the entire country after nine yep. eleven, and that moment and I can only imagine singing the anthem that night can you take me back to that night as I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it right now
3: oh man it was Crazy in the days leading up to it. Let me just take you up to the days leading up to it. So, of course, it's Tuesday. 9/11 hits. I uh, I actually lived in New York during this, at that time, and I get awakened by my ex, um, who actually lived in New York. He was heading to the Twin Towers for a meeting, and it was because of a coworker. That he didn't make it on time to the Twin Towers, otherwise he would have been inside. Oh, my God. Yeah. The coworker was late, so that saved his life. Um, oh. So when he called me, you know, I was completely sleeping. I mean, we had just been traveling the night before. I can't remember where we were traveling from, somewhere in Texas. But, um, but we got in late, and our time, it was like 7-something our time. So when I when he's like, turn on the TV, turn on the TV, oh, my God, oh, my God, you know, New York, all of this going on, and I'm like, wait, what? And I turn on the TV, obviously, I'm thinking I'm watching a movie, or, like, I can't even comprehend it in my mind. I'm so sleepy, I'm still trying to wake up, I feel like I'm in a dream. And when I see the towers crumble, I tell him, I'm the one that's giving him the news because he's actually – running up to Times Square, making his way up. He was at Times Square at the time by then. And he's just like everyone's just running north. And we are getting threats but all these bombs everywhere else. And I'm just like, oh my I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out and I'm alone in the room and I'm um then I lose connection with him. So that's the worst. It's because I can't get him back on the phone. And now the news, you know, now the second tower falls So I'm, uh, like I said, it was just horrible. So luckily, the night before, I remember Chuck Palumbo was actually um, on, I saw him in the arena, and I saw him uh, with Sean Stasiak. They were both getting ready to leave, and I was traveling by myself, and they were like, hey, are you going to uh, the TV hotel? And I was like, yeah. He goes, well, let's follow you just to make sure that you you get there okay. So I really appreciated that because most nights I just traveled by myself when I didn't have Trish because you know Trish and I traveled together for many years but when I didn't have Trish I traveled by myself and so they happened to follow me so I knew that they were at that hotel so I called Sean that morning I woke him up and told him the news he quickly came over we were watching the tv like you know just stunned and I'm so upset and I can't get a hold of my ex and I just um, he, he luckily Chuck helped me like to hold out the whole day. Then I finally get a hold of him. I start calming down, but now I'm so sad for the whole city because I I actually lived in New York for 16 years. I knew those Twin Towers. I had gone to all these places. So we didn't know. We just knew that we were gonna not do the show that night, and then we stayed in town and we got word. Okay, we're going live on Thursday. So I get told, I think I get told on Wednesday, but I can't remember exactly the day that I get told that Vince wants me to open the show with the national anthem. I just remember the moment he tells me he wants me to open the show with the anthem that I'm like, "Gulp."
1: Yeah.
3: You know, I'm I'm honored to have that moment of, you know, the responsibility of that, but I'm also like, Oh my God, what responsibility has just been put on my shoulders. I'm the first one to sing it after nine 11. And I'm, you know, I'm so, uh, I don't know if I can keep it together because I'm so emotional after everything that's happened, but I'll never forget Paul Heyman. I talked to Paul Heyman and I said to him, I said, how am I supposed to get through this? It's just me. And that's it. I don't even have music. It's just me and my voice in the middle of a ring, trying to pull this whole country together. And that's when he's like, "You've got this, like you've got this, Lil. You just go sing it with your heart like you always do, the meaning behind it like you always do, and just just don't make it bigger than it is, even though it was a big moment. <laughs> <It's significant. laughs> you know? yeah, but he's like, "You've got this." And so that's exactly what I did. I just went out there and I said, I can't, this is not about me anymore. This is about our country. And, um, and you know, I, I somehow got through it. You can hear the emotion in my voice. You can hear that there's even some points that I'm like, oh, am I even going to make it to this note because I'm so emotional? And that's why thank God I, I waited till the end to, to break down. So I kept it through, but yeah, it was, it was crazy. But I, um, I'm so glad and honored that Vince thought enough of me that I could get through it and gave me that opportunity because um, it's something as an army brat, I will never forget. My dad was watching that as a lieutenant colonel, watching his daughter do this after 9/11. Whoa, you know. So I might need a yeah. minute, Lillian. I
1: might need a minute to compose myself. <laughs> crazy, right? Jeez, jeez, that it's is crazy. That is powerful.
3: That the, is... the 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 things that. That come into your life and the moments and you know i started singing the anthem in 2000 who knew that that was going to give me the almost like the practice because had i not been singing the anthem starting in 2000 to when that happened and not after 9-11 i don't know that i he had he just said hey just go out there and sing the anthem i don't know that i would have gotten through it but because of all those performances leading up to that, I feel like that prepared me for that moment to get through it.
1: Wow, <laughs> I, oh. man, I am uh, sorry. I, let me uh, let me get my. I've probably watched that video. By the way, I mean, I, every year, every year we get close to nine yeah. eleven, I go back and I rewatch it, and that's uh, again, that's a straight shoot. Like I'm, it it it's a moment that that has stayed with me forever. Um, me too. <laughs> and, oh, I can only me imagine. <laughs> I can yeah. only imagine. Yeah, and
3: after nine eleven, I get that it's crazy how many uh, people will tweet me on nine eleven. We'll tweet that anthem over and over. We'll say thank you again. You know all of this, and I'm telling you, every even now, I get choked up um, just at the meaning, the meaning that was placed on me, and the the moment that was placed on me for, to do that. But the opportunity that I had to to somehow help this country, that's to, to you know what was going on. But I always tell people year after year, don't forget what we were feeling on nine eleven. We were feeling as a country that needed to unite, and it saddens me how much we've kind of veered from that. You know where sure. we're fighting among each other and our opinions, and if somebody thinks differently than you, then you're going to take it as an opportunity to bash that person and and all. And it's I'm always like, God, we live in a democracy. That's the beautiful thing about our country. We get to choose who gets to be in office, right? But if our favorite person that we wanted to be in office doesn't get there, it doesn't mean now we get to bash another person. I bash each other for having different opinions. Different opinions is what makes us so beautiful, and we can discuss things and and really uh, just make a difference in this world and not have to be thinking as one person and one idea and one thought. There's so many friends that I have that luckily we can have different opinions, and, and, and I learn from them, and I go, why do you feel like this? And they go, well, because of this. And I go, oh, wow, I never looked at it that way. And if you don't mind me telling you, this is a perfect example. You know, I had Lana and Rusev on my podcast, and um, I had part one on my podcast this past Monday, which is so powerful. And I really encourage people to please listen to Chasing Lord because the stories that the, the superstars are sharing are so powerful and so beyond wrestling. But they were talking about the culture that they grew up in uh, Rusev being a uh, Bulgarian sure. and then Lana growing up in Russia for a really long time and how their, their culture, when they walk across the street, they don't say hi to a stranger across the street like we do here. And they were like, we never understood that. And I asked Rusev, I said, what is, what's wrong if I say hi? You know, he goes, but I'm never going to see you again. So it feels like, to a Bulgarian, it feels like you're intruding into my business. Huh. Why do I have, you know, hi, huh. how are you? He said, it feels very fake. And that's when I said to him, I said, I gave him my point of view. And I said, well, to me saying hi to a person that I walk across the street, even though I might not know them, to me, it's acknowledging another human being to me. Huh. It's saying that I acknowledge your your presence here on this earth and it makes me feel good to acknowledge another human being. And sometimes You don't know, that person that you're walking by, you don't know how badly they might need that hello. They might feel so lonely in this world that just saying hi to them has just changed everything for them. They go, oh, wow, someone noticed me, right? So when I said that and I was telling them my point of view, uh, Alana was like, wow, I never looked at it that way and now that makes sense to me. Jeez. So that's why I say that I think it's great if we all can just have these discussions as to why we might think differently than another person. And just remember that we're here just doing our best and trying to live a life of of abundance and loving and caring and helping each other. We're all in this together. We're all in this life for the very first time. And so let's do it together, united. Right. You got my vote that for 2020. Really yep. uh, yeah. 2020, let's do <laughs> it. I got my vote.
1: You and The Rock 2020 right now.
3: That's that's my vote. <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine that ticket? It would be
1: awesome. Let's
3: do that it. Would it would be it
2: great. Camera. What do you mean, can you imagine it? I want it desperately <laughs>
3: now. Uh, I'd be his VP any day. Yeah, I love that.
1: I love
2: let's it. make it happen. Uh, I'm glad you brought up your podcast because it, it's – you know, everyone has a podcast now, everyone in wrestling, everyone who's ever been in wrestling has a podcast now, but yours is yeah. so unique because of the, the way you do it. It's not just about their career. It's about, you know, as you said, kind of the way they grew up, it's about their opinion. It's almost like you have, you, you know, you're a therapist, you have them on your couch. It almost seems at times kind of what gave you the idea to go that route with your podcast and has its success. I mean, how has that been for you?
3: Well, first of all, the success of it has been so inspiring to me. Uh, the fact that people actually captured what I was trying to convey—oh man, it feels like a home freaking run. When I left the WWE and I was talking to my dad, and my dad was like, "Lil, you can't just sit here and watch me die. Please do something." I I was like, you know what? I feel like I need to go back to this idea that I had in 2004. I had pitched this idea to the WWE where I wanted to interview the females um, that I worked with. I said, these are such powerful women, and they've gone through so much in their lives that nobody knows this. You know, so I and this was before Total Divas. Well, the idea didn't really go anywhere uh, with the WWE, so when I left, I was like, what if I did that again? What if I bring that and do the podcast? and really talk about their lives and their journeys and bring that to um, the wrestling fans that really don't know a lot about them. Well, took that concept, went running with it, and lo and behold, like I said, I'm so grateful that it has been so powerful because it has given people hope. And that's the thing that they've written back, all the endless, reviews that are you know coming into the show they're like whoa this happened to me you know what um you know one of my guests might have shared this has happened to me and i thought that it had to def- define my life and i thought that that meant that i couldn't go anywhere but now that i see that it's happened to one of these superstars and that they've gone gotten through it and they've become a superstar now that gives me hope that i can get through it i'm talking as you pro- you guys probably know if you've listened to the show, we're talking some heavy, heavy things that have happened. The R-Truth
1: episode was amazing. I mean, it was absolutely what? amazing. <laughs> like, the
3: guy has been in jail endless times. And yet, look what he's at. United States champion. Yep.
1: Well, he's a Hall of Famer, you know, right? Like, legit, he's a Hall of Famer. We love R-Truth. But the episode was really, yeah. really eye-opening for me.
3: I'm um, So, see, that gives me... So, such happiness because this show is not about me I'm just a vehicle to get it out there but um, it is not about me I just want to give hope to people and to let them see that yeah life is tough it's hard it's gonna throw you some curveballs, man but it's when you get through those times that defines who you really are and when you get through those times then you can also have empathy to help others that are going through those times. And if we can do that in this life, then that's when we have synergy. That's when we have love. That's when we have compassion and empathy. And that's when we are like flying on cylinders that will make life meaningful. And so that's what Chasing Glory is all about.
1: And you can get it. It's, it's such a good listen and go pick it up. Uh, Lillian, I know we've already kept you very long, but I, can I knock out just a couple other things with you real quick?
3: Sure. Okay. I'm loving this.
1: Evolution. Being a part of it, um, just what that night meant, what you've seen from the way that women's wrestling has become, n- not just, you know, like, we're not even talking about it being like, hey, getting respect that it's deserved, but legitimately, we spent the first couple of segments of our show this week talking about how all we care about in pro wrestling at the moment is Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey. And, mm-hmm. like, it's what's getting us through right now. Like, that's what we're excited about week in and week out as wrestling fans. What was it like to be a part of that night and what you've seen over the last couple of years when it comes to women's wrestling?
3: Oh, uh, Incredible, first of all. And the fact that I've worked with almost every single one of them, that blows my mind. And that was so special. You know, when I go backstage in those events and I'm able to be like, man, I've seen your journey. I've seen your journey. I've seen your journey. I've seen your journey, you know? And to go, geez, like... It's so powerful to see where it has evolved to. And it was wild because just last night I was hanging out with Trish Stratus. Uh, she came, you know, she's in California, and every time she's around or I'm in Toronto, we always hook up. I mean, we've stayed friends 19 years later, and we're still BFFs, and just, I love that girl. And, you know, it did start from, from women, from from her, you know, the Attitude Era and all of that, you know. Even from in May, like this is an evolution that has really happened. And so to see it that night, but to see the caliber of matches that each one of them gave, I mean, there was not one match that you go, oh, that wasn't. Uh, no, they all killed it. The passion, the passion that these women are putting into this. I mean, Becky. Oh, my God. I mean, I just had her on my podcast just last year. You can just hear I had her on in like April and then I had her on in October. When you hear how in April she is not happy, she is disgruntled, she is like so, oh, you know, like I know I can do more. To then in April, I mean in October when all of a sudden things are, she's making the shift, she's making the shift, she's starting to own it she talked about it on that podcast she said i was pretty much apologizing the first time that i won the belt because i felt like oh my god everyone wants this title so maybe i shouldn't feel so excited to have the title because i know that every girl here wants it so she was feeling like she needed to apologize for it where she spoke about it in october and she said no I realize that I cannot do that. I got to be the best Becky. And then if I elevate myself, then it makes everybody else elevate themselves. Shoot. Isn't that what Charlotte does? Charlotte doesn't she elevates herself. It makes everybody have to go up after her. So to hear people transition where now, man, she is killing it because she owns it and she said, "Now I believe it." She said even before, I wasn't quite believing in it. And that's not WWE's fault. That's not the the McMahon's fault. That's not the company's fault. I was giving that out, right? I was portraying that I didn't 100% believe in myself. So if I didn't 100% believe in myself, why should the company? So she said, I made that shift in me. And that's why I always tell people, be responsible for what you're giving out. Because if you're not getting something, it's also because you're giving out something that's not quite, you know, like maybe you don't feel worthy of it. Um, maybe you're self sabotaging yourself. Like, all these things. So I'm just so proud of all the women. Like, really, just extremely proud of them. Oh,
1: that's awesome. Uh, can we get you to announce that you're the first member of the 2019 class, of the WWE Hall of Fame? Like, oh. Can you get, <laughs> unveil that? Because like, it has to be coming. Like, obviously, it has to yeah. be coming.
3: You know, the thought of the, 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 the fact that you guys even say that blows my mind. And it's when I get those tweets and all and messages on Instagram, it just blows my mind. And I just want to thank literally all of you, the WWE universe that even thinks that Um, from somebody that came in, not knowing what the hell I was doing that afternoon to replacing Howard Finkel that evening um, without any kind of training to then get to be in the industry, you know, full-time 15 years, and then off and on a whole 19 years. Um, I just want to say, because it is the WWE universe that's definitely made this happen for me, and of course the WWE, and the management that gave me the opportunity. But I I hope one day it happens. I definitely do. Um, it would be quite an honor. I'm not going to say it, it would it's, be, it's going to happen.
1: Honor. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's when going to happen. You're just Lillian yeah. Garcia. You're going in the WWE hall of fame or else there might as well not be a WWE hall of fame. Let's just <laughs> call it like it is. Um, all right. So again, uh, the podcast of course, and get out to MCW on February 23rd. Lillian, what else do you have going on? What else can we talk up for you? Since, you know, we've taken so much of your time today.
3: Oh, no, please don't even, this is not taking up my time. This is an honor to be on your show, absolutely. I am so excited to announce, like, I'm, 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 I'm kind of always been doing my evolution, right? I have to continue to grow as a person. I am doing new music. I am recording new music. I'm writing new music. So that's always going to be something in my life that I, um, that I pursue because it is a passion, and I can't let that go. So I will have, hopefully, new music <laughs> coming soon. I don't know when, but I always say it, the timing's got to be right. So um, I'm working on that. I'm also getting into the more motivational, inspirational, powerful speaking realm because I feel I have such a passion for it. As as I, Chasing Glory is definitely opening the door for that. As I hear people asking me or telling me, man, I really love when you say your point of view on things and when you give us some kind of inspirational quote of yours or, um, you know, a a feeling, a movement that's moving you or something or a lesson that you've had in your life. uh, And I go, wow, I really want to share more of this. So Powerful You is a platform that has come up that I went to see the very, very first event in Salt Lake City. A friend of mine invited me. Jay Shetty was speaking on it, and I had just interviewed Jay Shetty for my podcast, which I I love him. And then I found out that Mel Robbins was on, Brendan Burchard was going to be on, Tom Bilyeu from Impact Theory. And when I heard all of this, I was like, oh, i got to get to Salt Lake City. Like, something major is happening here. When I saw what they did, I was blown away it is so different than any other inspirational, like motivational platform where speakers get up there and they speak at you. Like, there's a lot of conventions and and seminars and events out there that you go and you listen to these speakers and you feel good at the moment, but then you have no idea how to turn around and apply that to your life when you go home. Sure. And so, Right? Yeah. So, with this platform, it's so different. The speakers do not just speak at you. They really give you the tools. They tell their stories, what they've learned, but then they give you the tools how to apply it to your life. And then there's this running story, which I will not give away because it is so powerful, but you have to experience it from the beginning to the end. But there's this running story that goes on during the the Powerful You event that blows your freaking mind by Sunday it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And by Sunday, you're so blown away that you cannot forget that experience. And then you can go home and apply that. So when I saw this platform and I met the owners and we've talked, and now I'm so excited and so honored to announce that I'm actually co-hosting the event here in Los Angeles. They're bringing it May 17th through the 19th. And it's going to be at the convention center and um, I'm going to be co-hosting it with Henry Amar. And I was on Henry's podcast and just love Henry. He's a, an absolute light in this world. And so immediately, like, we were, like, so excited when we found out we are co-hosting because we love our energy together. And then I'm also going to be speaking at the event. And there's a few little surprises that are going to happen that I can't tell everybody. All right. But then, You know, so that's happening. And then also before then, March 3rd, I'm going to be actually... Uh, doing Powerful Nights. I'm going to be speaking there, and that's in Utah. So everybody, for, for all the information, you could just go to powerful-u, as in the letter U, dot com.
1: Very cool. So go, that's my journey. Go my, check my, that my out. My continued journey. <laughs> um, Lillian, seriously, an honor. <laughs> um, Like, legitimately an honor. We are... Uh, this is not... You know, us just kissing up to you because you're on a show. We have plenty of guests that we'll talk to for, Aaron, I'd say like eight minutes, and then be like, okay, thanks. Um, (laughs) Like, that was enough. Uh, Really a thrill. Thank you so much. And from the bottom of our hearts as fans, um, you really don't know. It's it's really, truly been a joy. I think not just because of your own talent, but also because of clearly the joy that you've taken in being around it. And I think that has transcended, and it's been very evident for us as uh, pro wrestling fans. So it's it's meant a lot, oh. uh, and we really appreciate you taking the time for us. We can't wait to see at MCW on February twenty third. We're really looking forward to that.
3: Me too. Am I going to see you guys there? Yeah,
1: we're going to come. Well, we're definitely going to come say hello. I promise you oh, that please. we're going to come say hello on the twenty third.
3: And you better tell your friend that I say hello and I'm blowing him kisses right now.
1: I will tell <laughs> Matt if you're listening. He probably is. Matt, there you go. You owe me one for that. Lillian, oh, th- thank thank you so much. <laughs>
3: thank you, guys. Really appreciate it.
1: Very cool. Thank you to Lillian Garcia. She is lovely, and I've always uh, enjoyed Lillian's work. Appreciate her taking the time and go see her at MCW on February 23rd. All right, um, let's uh, let's run through the stuff that we haven't had a chance to chat about yet that we should. Aaron was, I think, watching Pantsless as AEW. Held a uh, an event out in Vegas uh, in order to give us some more clarity going towards Double or Nothing. Aaron, what did we really learn besides, obviously, the headline being Kenny Omega definitely is all in with AEW? Yeah,
2: Kenny Omega is part of AEW, not just part of AEW, but another executive vice president of AEW. Well, you can't so have that's enough.
1: four by my count so far. I mean, that you can't have enough of those, frankly. I, I, In fact, I actually think you should consider just having a company with all executive vice presidents. Sounds like a good like idea, idea to I me. Mean, I'm pretty sure
2: there's going to be at least 20 by the end of this. So, you know, I mean, hey, if if you're looking for somebody, you can say, hey, you can sign with WWE or you can be executive vice president of this company. Why would you go to WWE? Uh, no doubt. No doubt about that. Um, he, well, he's going to be facing Chris Jericho at Double or Nothing. They haven't officially announced that, but that was the end of the press conference, those two getting in a brawl. So So what else?
1: What else do we know? I look, Kenny Omega, it's a big deal, I get it, but we kinda knew that was coming. Right. So no, what,
2: we we got uh we, we did get uh, a few new names. Uh Best Friends, we had had been rumored are now officially part of AEW. Uh we they went more into the partnership. They are partnering with Triple A. Okay. Um which is okay. which is good. And Sammy Guevara came out represented Triple A there as well as the Lucha Bros. Uh Pentagon and uh Phoenix. Okay. All gonna be part of double or nothing. Um, you know, they went they went bigger in their partnership with OWE. OWE, if you don't know, is a Chinese organization really getting well known for this athletic spots. It's it's pretty crazy. As Matt Jackson described in that initial press conference, they're like Cirque du Soleil meets wrestling, crazy athletic. Uh Shima is one of the leaders. He's a very big name uh over in Japan. He was part of Dragon Gate, one of the leaders there. Uh, He came out to represent them, SCU challenged uh, Shima and two other OWE uh, wrestlers to a match at Double or Nothing, so that's going to be ridiculous. Uh, They also beefed up the women's division a little bit, announcing uh, Aja Kong and Kylie Ray, amongst a few others, uh, to have matches at Double or Nothing, as well as uh, Sonny Kiss, who I'm a big fan of. Uh, I'm sure if you, I don't think you're probably familiar with his work. Um, openly gay wrestler, just extremely charismatic. I was on Lucha Underground as Exolicious. Okay. But, uh, he was the one who kicked off the press conference. So, yeah, we got a whole bunch there. It does seem like we're getting Bucks versus Lucha Bros. We're getting, we're definitely getting Pac versus uh, Hangman Page. That was made official as well as uh, those other matches I mentioned.
1: Okay. I mean, cool. Look, I I get that, like, they're the, the nerdiest of the nerdy are super excited about it. And that's fine. And I'm not saying that none of any of it isn't good, but none of that is earth-shattering to me. None of that is, oh, wow, what a game-changer to the average wrestling fan. Right. The average wrestling fan is going to sit back and say, okay, I was probably already interested in this enough that, that this is fine. It certainly hasn't detracted from my interest in any way. The the nerdy, the, the guys that are the, you know are, are, are more hardcore wrestling fans are obviously excited about everything. Um I, it, none of this does anything to, to to shift the seismic plates in any way to me. I think it's a neat thing. I think it's cool. Let's continue continue to see what they're doing. but none of this right now is gonna make me say, oh, here's how this is going to become a game changer for all elite. I Again, it's all it's all good to me so far. If you're gonna try to become a, a secondary, if you're going to try to make yourself the solid number two, in the pro wrestling market, I think that they have done a lot to suggest that that is possible. I think as of right now, you'd have to bet on them being a solid number two uh, by the time they end up on television, and that's incredible. That's that's remarkable. It's it's an uh, you know it's a good thing. Um, I think we've waited for it for a long time, and I, I'm glad to have that. So, I don't know. I. I yeah. I'm, I'm. I'm not trying to to poo poo anything. I just no. I, I I
2: agree with you. Like it, it definitely wasn't earth shattering, but I do think that this is the right way to do it. You build the company, then you make those big moves. Whatever the big move happens to be to get the you know to get the eyes on your product, you want the infrastructure in there first. You don't want to rely on the big names to be bringing it because then you become WCW. Well, well, I think it depends
1: on. But I think it depends on who those guys are. You know what I mean? Like I, you know I boy I, I go back to this. I um I I'm not the names to me aren't the difference between the WWE and All Elite. Like I I don't even really think it's it's a, a part of the conversation. The reason why All Elite could never dream of competing with WWE is because WWE has such a stronghold well, sure, of the yeah. market that All Elite could sign six WWE guys, right? Well, yeah, and still have no no hope of competing. Correct. It would be like they, six, they have them in, It's like going against the NFL. If six NFL players went and signed with, um, you the know, AAF? the AAF, it wouldn't change anything about the AAF's ability to compete with the NFL. It, you're not. It's it's not really about the players. It's not about the names. It's about the fact that you have a stranglehold, a right. stranglehold of the market. Now, again, as far as trying to become the the goal for all elite all along. Should have been, we think right now, there is a sizable hole between the top dog and anybody else, and we think we can scoot in and close that, and that number two can be... You know, instead of the difference between like, uh, you know, this company, be, be, instead of
2: there being a monopoly, there is a real number two and a real alternative.
1: Um, yeah, I don't know if "alternative" is the right word to, to describe a real number two. That well,
2: a, a a a another company that really matters in wrestling. Let's put it that way.
1: Um, yeah, that's I think a good way of saying it because I think it's really important that we say. The, all elite needs wwe fans to like all elite right of like it, it, this cannot be an all an alternative thing where like hey we need you to leave they need people to both like wwe and all elite right. um so it, I, competition it, they're not there they're not in a place where this can be competition and they can hope that someone will choose between one or the other because they're going to get their feelings hurt in that process it's got to be a place where they can go to wwe fans and say hey do you like wwe Well, we think you're going to like this, and maybe every now and then, instead of poking at NXT UK this week, maybe you come over and look at what we're doing. Um, Maybe every now and then, if you just didn't think SmackDown was all that great this week, well, you might enjoy what we're doing. Um, They need to try to pick off people from that group, because they can't go in guns blazing and saying... We need to try to get people to turn off WWE and turn us on in week one because you just you right that's not going to happen right you can't and you can't replicate something that's going to look like WWE every week you can't hope for that when you launch that's that's crazy like it's 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 bonkers it's badass so again where I would agree with you is I do think they're doing things the right way go try to be number two don't go in there trying to you know it's why I was so turned off by the Chris Jericho thing that's desperate like. That, the tweeting about the Royal Rumble, that's that's a bad look. Yeah, the, the
2: Chris stuff. Right. like I said last week, I, I'm hoping he was just drunk and we can ignore it because
1: right. yeah, that was dumb. That's a desperate thing. Go in and and hope that you can find wrestling fans who will also like you. And maybe one day in a pipe dream world, you're in a place where you can create more of an audience of people that are all elite fans and really aren't even really that big of WWE people. But, like, that's a pipe dream for so far down the road that you can't think of it. Right now, go try to be bigger than Ring of Honor and Impact and Major League Wrestling combined. You know, try to find a place where you say, on a scale of 1 to 10, those guys are all kind of twos or threes. We want to be a six. Right. And go be a really solid six. And go from there and see what happens. And try to create your own stars and then maybe as you know you pick off that 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 whole thing, but keep building, build, 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 build. But don't try to be, don't try to you know make T-shirts that are about WWE sucks something like it's, that's a bad idea. That's a right. bad idea for launching a pro wrestling company. Don't you you can't compete with that. You're going to get your ass handed to you. So just go try to be this. And to their credit, I think they've done a good job of trying to be that. Yeah. Um, I think I think that very, in, in large part, they're very smart about this. They want to do something that's different. It's going to look different. It's going to feel different. And we hope people think it's cool. But we need the people that are watching Raw on Monday night to also watch us. And we're hoping that they'll choose to do that. Um, and that's cool. We want that. That's a good thing. That's, that's helpful for us. Um, thumbs up all around. And let's go from there and see what happens.
2: Yep, pretty much. I mean... We'll see. Then, you know, obviously we've been talking about it. the next big step is the network. We we got to find out more about this TV show. Supposedly there are two, you know, major bidders. I guess right now one is presumed to be Turner. We don't know about the other one, but you know that's kind of the next step You're Obviously, double or nothing's the real next step. But the real big shoe to drop is where are we going to see it? How are we going to see it? Right. And 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 when that, and then all of a sudden, all right, let's start looking at how because you know what they're doing a great thing to build a show. My big question right now is, how are they building the TV program? There are a few things they've said here and there that have made me really wonder of how this is going to function as a TV program. You know, the there's not going to really be faces or heels, we're going to be they didn't say a ranking system, but you know wins and losses are going to matter. Again, I like the ideas. They haven't really worked before right. when it comes to TV programs. I want right. to see how it's going to work. Yeah, here.
1: that's that's a tougher sell, no doubt about that. And are you going to be taping you know four shows in a month? You know what I mean? Like, what, are, are you are you going to try to do live shows? you going to try to go all over the country, right? Like, it's nice to be in right. Jacksonville and Las Vegas, and I guess you know when you consider All In was in Chicago. You got a couple of markets that you've been in, but are you really going to try to go do shows in Sheboygan and Schenectady and right. you know Tacoma and Tulsa. all all of those places? <laughs> are you really going to try to go do that because that to me is the biggest difference in where you can't compete just yet. There's just no world in which you can run the biggest arenas in every town in the country. Like right. it's not possible for you to do and that.
2: I I would doubt we're getting many like you might get some shows here and there but this is not going to be a regular touring program I just based on how they're stacking the contracts the fact that they are partnering with AAA they're part you know right a big part of their roster is partnership which you can't count on for tour
1: you know and that and that that makes it tricky to me because that's gonna be yeah. the biggest area where you know like we all know that live events are where these guys make their money you know what I mean and like that's that's what makes the WWE deals worth it is the live events on the weekend um. Yeah. And again, I'm not. I'm not doing this in the context of trying to compete with WWE because you can't compete with WWE. It's crazy. But in terms of really trying to establish yourself and making yourself different, if they can run, you know, four live shows a month somewhere, not necessarily TV shows, but. Right, you know, do, do
2: the basically do the Ring of Honor thing. They they run about
1: four shows a month. Yeah, I mean that that would go a long way. It would yep. go a long way to start with that. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. But again, so far I'm I'm good with it. I'm good with all of it. I'm I'm ex- I'm interested enough. I'll watch Double or Nothing. Right, like you know, we'll see from there. We'll
2: see where. Yep, it all goes. I, I may be going out to Vegas. I'm not sure oh, yet. I got to decide that like this weekend because oh. tickets are going on sale next week.
1: All right.
2: Well, very good.
1: All right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, WWE released some information. They had a quarterly call. What did we learn? Uh, it
2: was the biggest revenue ever in 2018. Despite you know, it showed a lot of metrics were down, like live events and various things. But revenue keeps going up and up and up, which is what counts, which is what's important to WWE. So again, uh, 2018 was a very, uh, very good year for WWE. They did. Another, there were a couple interesting things that came up. Uh, the talk about the Saudi Arabia partnership was brought up, and they said, yeah, we're going back in May. So if there was any thought after the last time around that they would stop, um, no, the Saudi Arabia partnership is coming back, and when you consider how much money, it makes all the sense in the world.
1: Yeah, it's, that's that's awful, but... um,
2: it, It's awful, but like you knew that was going to be the case.
1: I, I mean, it's going to be the case... I Boy, there was a story this week that suggested that the, the crown prince threatened right. to kill Jamal Khashoggi himself. And so, like, th- this this can't go away, the furor over it. And if they were hoping that they could go back to kissing Saudi Arabia's ass and doing all that, like, th- this thing is going to be a problem with them for some time and should be a problem for them for you some know, time. We say that, but, like... Did it end up being a big no, problem? What it, well, it was a problem in that they had to completely. Cha- yes, they had to completely change. They had to pretend well, yes. like they weren't in Saudi Arabia. They were still able to go. And again, presumably, because of all of the heat, the Saudi Arabia folks were like, oh, okay, we get it. You know, you can't really kiss our ass quite the same way. But, like, that's part of this deal, is that they're supposed right. to be kissing Saudi Arabia's ass. Yeah, I mean, they, they can't go back to it. Like, and that's. that. At some point, that could become a. Pr- These are really could not these are awful people for you to be doing business with oh i I, Um, believe me i'm not supporting
2: it but it it, i it's a big reason this was the biggest revenue ever was because of the saudi arabia deal,
1: right because the deal i get it right like the deal is going to make it worth it them to figure out a way to do it but they're they should take heat for it every moment they continue to do business with saudi arabia that we have a responsibility to continue to say this is wrong like it's wrong for you to continue to just ignore the human rights violations and for you to just pretend. And I get it. This is where AJ would step and say, oh, there's terrible things that happen in our own country. I understand. We, this is where we cover it the same way. They're not like – boy, it's – you can have whatever problem you want to have with our our president, right? Right. And that's fine, and I get it, and and have those problems. They're,
2: they're not doing the Trump super showdown.
1: Correct. I, like, it's a far different thing that you're directly working – the the business is with the saudi arabian government. Right. That's a huge problem and we should never let them forget that that is a huge problem. We have an obligation to continue to discuss it ad nauseum for as long as we possibly can.
2: I I don't disagree. Um the only other thing that was interesting to me that came out of the conference call, other than the really nitty gritty stuff that I'm not really going to get into here, was that they did say that they are close to a TV deal for WWE UK in the UK. So that's supposedly happening in the spring or summer. So at least they have a plan for WWE UK, even if they haven't quite executed it yet.
1: Um. Well, I mean, I guess what do you mean? What do you, I mean? I like to me that they, they've got something.
2: Like, they, they've
1: got. Some, well, you we've been saying like okay, what, you know, what's the big picture here? And the
2: big picture is this is going to be on TV. This is an actual thing. This is, well, we're going okay, forward but with like, this. It's not just a network show.
1: I mean, all right, I hear you, but NXT is a network show. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that NXT UK just being a network show is fine. You know what I mean? Like, in fact, I would argue that it would, it's probably better. Now, is is there anything wrong with them adding TV to that? No, it's not, it's not a problem necessarily. Um, it can't be a problem at all, I guess. But, like, I, I never had a beef with that. Now I guess if they're trying to become like the top wrestling company in the UK, and yes, which a,
2: is very clearly what they're trying to do. And if they're when trying they're, to put company going after some of these other companies.
1: right, if they're trying to put other companies out of business, well, that's a different thing, right? Well, like, which I, they
2: I mean they very clearly are with these latest round of contracts. I,
1: mean, I, mean, I guess so. I guess that's the case. Yeah, um, that's interesting. That's interesting. let we'll to see how that unfolds. Let's we'll see that. That's interesting. All right. Um, you said there's some news related to the Fox deal.
2: Yeah, um, I'm not exactly sure where this came from, but someone talked to uh, one of the Fox executives and brought up the possibility of, you know, we know SmackDown is going to be on Fox, which they they did say something interesting about that as well, which is that they said it's Friday night SmackDown for now, possibly opening the door for the future of it to move into a a better time slot later on as, okay. as the uh, thing goes down. So that was that was the first time we had heard that. What wasn't the first th- time we heard was that. The executive also said they're opening. They're you know they're open to the possibility of putting other WWE programming on, let's say FS1, on some not Fox the Fox itself, right, but FX. some of the affiliate stations.
1: It's interesting. I, mean, I,
2: I don't NXT would be the obvious. Okay, uh, but again, thing that you're what, looking at there.
1: Like, why would you want to take NXT off the network? If they're paying you enough. I, I hear fine. you. Okay, that's fine. If that And that, that's just the end of it. That's just the end of it. But NXT yeah. really was what got people to the network. Like I, I don't disagree well, with I you. I guess if, as long as you're keeping your pay-per-views on the network, people will probably right. stay. You know what I mean? Like, I, I
2: think we're sort of going to look – because if you remember a few months back, there was talked about like the tier system for it. So I, I think we might in the next year or two be seeing a dramatic overhaul of the WWE network.
1: Yeah, I don't like that. I'm opposed to that wholeheartedly. That's the <laughs> WWE Network's great because you get everything for one price. So leave that alone. Don't f with it. Don't if you're going to make me pay more then I got to start thinking about whether or not I want to. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, um, look,
2: I, I'm paying fifty. I'd pay fifteen gladly for the pay per views. I probably would as well, but you know, I'm going to get. I'm, I mean, 10, ten was always low. Like that—that that was their biggest mistake with this. I dis- they charge
1: too low. I disagree with that. The reason why they. they no, people weren't going to buy these other events. They just weren't. Like, the, nobody was going to buy Fastlane. Like, well, but if they if they had started at 20 I don't think anyone says... Like, that was
2: the assumption going in, if you remember I, that. When, I, when I, the first rumors right. came out of the WWE Network, people thought it was going to be a $20 price point. And when it came out at 10 people were like, holy crap.
1: I understand everything you're saying, but you're also dealing with a a marketplace in which you're now competing with people that are also trying to keep their cable and... Their, like, their, their Netflix subscription, which just keeps going up, and other cord-cutting things. The, all of these companies are trying to figure out a way to get you to do both. ESPN wants you to both have your cable subscription and your ESPN Plus subscription so you can watch some UFC fights. Right. Um, WWE still wants you to keep your cable because they want you to watch their TV shows and they want you to pay for it. And that, this, this, this secondary bubble is also going to burst. At some point, you can't get me to do all of these things. But if your cost is very simple, and I'm getting everything for it, then I'm keeping it either way. Whether right. I have my cable or not, I'm going to have it. At some point, you're going to make me force me to have to choose one or the other. I can't keep paying for everything and for trying to get it in two different ways. If I could get ESPN for $5 a month and not have to have cable and get everything, then I could talk about that, right? Like, that's worth it to me. But it's not worth it to me to both pay for my cable so I can watch college basketball games and five more dollars a month so I can watch old 30 for 30s on ESPN+. It's just not worth it. And so I've got to cut out that part of it. You've got to give me something that's worth it totally. And to me, at some point, you're going to ask me to both keep paying for my cable and pay $20 a month for WWE?
2: (sighs) It just depends on the price points. Yeah. Like you know, it, it's the boiling frog theory. You can move it up a little bit, but at some point, that frog is going to uh, start to feel the difference.
1: I mean, that's the reality. There's no doubt yep. about that. All right, um, that, are we good? We cover everything. Yeah, I think so. I never like. By the way, I was really hoping that at some point they would force Daniel Bryan to be more of a heel. I get it. You're in the state of Washington, but like, be a heel. Like I was. I'm, I'm a, with
2: with his character, with what he's trying to do. Where it's not just.
1: Yeah, we're idiots,
2: but we're idiots because you don't agree with him. But if you agree with him, then clearly you're not an idiot. It works for the character. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I, I, was, I was hoping that there would be a moment where he would attack them at some point on Tuesday night.
2: You know, it's, it's just like Elias. Elias may be running him down, but if someone wants to walk with Elias
1: with them, everyone's in. Uh, I hear you. Well, Elias was – I don't want to talk about that either. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, go ahead. Get through your plugs.
2: Uh, I am on Twitter at the AOster. You can follow the show on Twitter at JobbingOutShow. Uh, you can email us, show at
1: gmail.com. Check out my work in the Baltimore Sun. All right, very good. At Glenn Clark Radio, glenclarkradio.com for me. Uh, go at the Rams Head Live this week since Brandon's not here. At Brandon Linton on Twitter. I think I'm going to be there Sunday night for 7Nest. So, nice. And then I know they got St. Paul and the Broken Bones next week. That's a sold-out show, so you can't get tickets for it, but um, <clears throat> I might get tickets for it. So uh, that's what it is, but ramsheadlive.com. Thanks again to to the Lillian Garcia. Thanks also to AJ for joining us earlier on in the program. For Aaron, for Brandon, and for the main event, vent, 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 vent and the champ, AJ Francis. I'm Glenn Clark. This has been jobbing out. you do the thing. All right. Jobbing out. Fuck cancer.